It's time for Day 1 HR Tea Time. Welcome everyone to the Day 1 HR Tea Time podcast. We are so glad to have you here. Um, This is a podcast where we talk about HR technology, HR transformation, and overall projects surrounding building a better employee experience. So there's a lot of things that we'll cover over the next few episodes, but um, I just want to tell you a bit about me. So so I'm Lauren. Um, I'm the founder of Day One HR, which is a, a project management company. Um, and what we do is really we uh, advise businesses and people on HR technology um, and how they can use HR technology to really drive business transformation. And this is primarily through project management, as I mentioned, but also through coaching. And we have day one HR courses as well. So we are primarily a HR tech consultancy. Um, And really, we wanted to um, start with our first episode of this podcast, talking more about um, day one HR, but also um, talking a bit more about the team, in particular, Yogina, who is sat with me at the moment. Um, so basically just to give you more of a background of day one HR and a bit about me. So, um, I started the business, um, and I've helped companies over the last five years to support them through change management and HR transformation, uh, primarily through HR tech. Um, and I've been lucky enough to grow the business, um, and have people join me along the way and along the journey. And really, the main part of this first episode is to uh, give you a bit of an overview of us, but also um, to chat with um, one of our team members, Yogina, who joined us a year ago now um, as a HR transformation consultant, and really hear from her about what it's like um, working as a consultant in the business, um, what of her some of her highlights, some some low points, some funny stories along the way that comes with working with HR teams, but also organisations as a whole. So, without further ado, um, Yogina, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Lauren. Uh, welcome, everyone. Super excited for our first new podcast. Not the first new, the first podcast that we're doing here. Uh, so just to talk about a bit about myself, my name is Yokina and I'm from Nepal. And I've been working with Devan HR for one year, um, since last year. And uh, helping businesses uh, to do HR transformation projects is basically why we exist. And I've enjoyed a lot and doing learned a lot doing a lot of things back in the year. Yeah, let's keep it short in there. Great. Okay, so I've got a few questions that um, I want to ask, but just to give people the, the context, so Yogina and I worked together a few years ago um, for a client um, that I was working with, and that's how we met. Um, and um, Yogina was desperate to, no, you weren't desperate. You were just keen um, to see what it would be like uh, moving from an employee to a consultant and what that kind of looks like. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are thinking about making the move from being, you know, maybe an employee either in the HR team or a different team and looking to branch out as consultants or contractors as well. So it's quite interesting for, for those people too. 
But I've got a few questions that mm. I want to Should ask you um, about um, the last year um, and how you've got on with the various projects and things that you've been involved in and what you've kind of learned and laughed about mm-hmm. along the way. So the first piece for me is obviously HR, there's lots of different specialisms and things like that. Um, why HR transformation? Why HR projects? And why did you kind of gravitate to day one HR and the HR tech consultancy that we have? Uh-huh. So uh, the first thing in here is um, me getting into HR was not a deliberate uh career move mm-hmm. it's something that I always thought about about whenever I worked or whenever I saw my father doing his business and stuff like like why people are key part of your business to grow and everything but it was never like I set my mind you know I'm gonna go and work in HR when I was in like um, school and college mm-hmm. uh, but it slowly started happening once I started my career and I went into the administrative stuff uh, in the beginning and then saw like okay this uh, HR as a function did exist we were not taught about that in the school, mm-hmm. uh, like especially our elementary and primary school. Like this was not a career option. No one talked about it because in Nepal, um, it was not something that was in practice or was what people were doing in the business, you know, seeing it as a functional department necessarily. Mm-hmm. But once I started my career, then this thing started coming up and then um, I gravitated towards HR because of uh, me being a people person. Um, um, I'm not an extrovert. I'm mm-hmm. a pure introvert, but still, when I say I'm like people oriented, it's more about helping them learn and grow, uh, seeing what how I can help people uh, to be better individuals and such. And that's how I gravitated towards HR. And then the next part is like once I started working in HR, there were situations where you know you had to make a decision, you had to do something as a compliance part mm-hmm. to make sure that. People are getting their paychecks. Mm-hmm. People are getting the information that they need. They are able to get their um, leave information when they need and stuff. That's the compliance part that you have to do it to make sure the HR is functioning properly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there would be individuals who would want to come to talk to you about the issue they are facing. Mm-hmm. It might be something from the manager. It might be some kind of um, arguments with their peers or mm-hmm. people just want to uh, bottle out everything that are bottled until date. It could be a family issue or things and why they were not able to focus. Mm-hmm. And that point of time, like it made me realize that if you really want to be able to help and support people, mm-hmm. you can't always be dependent on your manual tax and manual work where you need to update one single information of an individual in 10 different spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. And at the, at the same time, be available to them as an HR, um, not to be as an HR, HR, but you know, as a person who they can come and reach out to, share their grievances or... Um, uh, share with them or mentor or coach them on how to be uh, productive at work or for managers to be better managers and that Mm -hmm. was the time when uh, the part of HR technology stuck with me Mm -hmm. of like why it is important to have an HR technology Um, hands down it definitely makes the life of HR teams people uh, and culture team or talent team whatever you call it in the company makes it a lot easier for them to do their tasks but the unseen part is that um, the hidden value that it brings to the business manager mm-hmm. um, and everyone in the company, right? Where, you know, it's one is like easy accessibility of their own information where they don't have to depend to 
the HR team or people operations team to get the basic information. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, it um, helps the HR team gain more time so that they can focus on major core areas of uh, people operations, which is not just about documentation or compliance, which is more about building up that relationship, building up that employee experience where employees do feel that they're a part of the company, they are adding values and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's how I gravitated more towards HR technology and how HRs should and can uh, use the HR technology to help elevate their own function mm-hmm. and their own tax completion rates and you know do more things, better things for the business and the company and the employees overall. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I liked about day one HR is, um, and why I joined it was uh, the diversity of uh, HR platforms or Mm -hmm. HR technologies that I can use here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before here, um, I was limited to using one or two HR platforms Mm -hmm. that I was using within the company. Mm -hmm. But coming today on HR, it helped me elaborate my knowledge on different kind of HR platforms, how uh, each of them can be used, how each of them can be integrated, how like, you know, so one stage of um, uh, making the work of HR easier is with HR transformation. Like the basic is Mm -hmm. that where you at least have an HR software or an application tracking system. But then the next stage is to elevate like how you can provide services to your employees through other different HR platforms. And mm-hmm. uh, that's how um, I got um, inclined towards the one HR. Mm-hmm. And uh, not to forget to add that, you know, I enjoyed working with you with one of the uh, previous yeah. companies that I was working with, you know, the level of leadership and people oriented orientedness that you showed mm-hmm. and how you help people be themselves but mm-hmm. then at the same time push them to be better individuals so a mix of all of this yeah right? and a couple of things you kind of pulled out was interesting about because I mean if I had a pound for every time I spoke to someone in HR and you say how did they get into HR and they say oh I wasn't meant to work in HR it just sort of happened and I was exactly the same I did double masters in politics and everyone always says, oh, what's politics got to do with HR? And I always say, oh, you've obviously never worked in HR um, because it is very political mm-hmm. and it's, you, you need to be diplomatic and, and use all of those behaviours as part of the job. And definitely, I mean, in terms of HR transformation, uh, it's key, it has been key, uh, never more so than the pandemic that we have just been through. Um, and HR technology has never been more necessary within organisations. And and that piece really leads HR into being change agents. So yeah. I think that's something that we're really aligned on, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and another question is, can you summarise in one word um, the, the journey that you've had in the last year from going from employee to... to to consultant in a consultancy firm? Um, so I would say the word that would describe it best would be an adventure, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so when you are an employee, there's like a certain set of hours that you work in and then um, the benefits that comes with it, uh, the kind of exposure that you get the once the company that you're working for gets bigger and stuff. Mm. But then with um, consulting, or well, why I also wanted to be more of a consultant than an employee is also increasing the level of impact that I can do. Mm -hmm. So if I'm um, supposedly, uh, if I'm like an HR expert in some area and some sector and I stay with one company, so my impact gets limited to that that business, right? That Mm -hmm. number of employees. But if I move out with a 
uh, expertise in one sector mm-hmm. and then become a consultant or a contractor, mm-hmm. then I can serve more than one company at a time, even if mm-hmm. like so two or three companies at a time. Mm-hmm. The level of impact that I can make uh, gets bigger mm-hmm. because I would go on in a focused area do one thing at a time and make mm-hmm. sure that all these benef- all these businesses and employees are getting that benefit. You know? mm-hmm. So it was to increase um, that level of impact uh, that I wanted to create as well. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I say adventure is because of the different client portfolios that we have been working with. Mm-hmm. Some were easy to work with, some were not that much. Mm-hmm. And you know, then there's a whole different level of learning that we need to do ourselves to keep mm-hmm. us updated with what's happening on the HR technology side because there's a lot of new platforms coming in and mm-hmm. then clients have this wild requirement of can the system do this? Yeah. You know, like it just might be business administration that they say has a word, but then when you deep dive into like what exactly they're looking for, mm-hmm. sometimes it does feel like they're lo- looking for a magic wand, which is not possible, right? And we yeah. have to tone it down and dealing with all those people and everything. And um, one thing that I didn't think of in the beginning that I would get while working as a consultant was specifically with day one HR was uh, to be able to work with people from diverse background, mm-hmm. nation, and ethnicity, even though we are limited in uh, what countries we work in. Mm-hmm. But the companies that, or the clients that we have worked with do have a very diverse workforce in themselves. So, mm-hmm. Um, you might be sitting, um, I would normally be sitting at my home in Nepal and still be working with people from Poland or mm-hmm. Greece or mm-hmm. the United States or mm-hmm. Australia, you know, the, that exposure is boundless. Yeah, I love the word you've used because it's true in so many ways. And I think that, you know, when you are a HR transformation consultant, uh, you are working with so many different, even kind of, industries so companies one minute maybe in the oil and gas sector Mm. and the next minute you may be with a a tech startup um Mm. and they may be based in certain parts of the world but they've got employees everywhere um even companies that maybe are a headcount of 100 Mm -hmm. they've got employees in maybe eight countries Mm -hmm. so i think that yeah definitely adventure is is a journey goes together very well for the first year for sure Mm um and what's your biggest takeaway from the first year um well one thing that has been like pretty much of a change for me if i look um my past one year and past all the years that i have been working is uh being ready for the risk that comes Mm, um, mm-hmm. while you work as a um, consultant or a contractor or even like working different clients that we do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an employee, I think the risks that you take, there's still risks given how much your company trusts in you about mm-hmm. the decision that you make and stuff. But when you're working as a consultant, there's um, unseen risk. You know, you, you never know when your client is going to say, come to you and say like, okay, um, we don't need your services from tomorrow on. Things mm-hmm. out there exist, but still there's a lot of things about you are just an external service provider for a company or the business. Mm-hmm. And there might be a lot of internal factors mm-hmm. that block your way from you being able to achieve your project targets or your mm-hmm. objectives, right? Mm-hmm. And 
uh, being able to take on that risk and seeing like how I can mitigate it, not just for myself, mm-hmm. but for the client as well, being mm-hmm. open and vulnerable to them at the same time and being able to tell them like, you know, um, this might be hampering your project on the long go. And this might be the reason we will not be able to be productive mm-hmm. or not be able to meet our goals. So I think that uh, that risk taking has changed. And when I say risk, it's just not like, blindly going and saying, I'll, we'll do it and see it when it comes. Mm. It's about being able to forecast those risks and mm. minimizing it, right? Um, mm-hmm. You would agree with me, like, with our past experience of dealing with a lot of clients, we mm. have now uh, come up with different things that we're going to do differently because mm-hmm. it's a part of a risk mitigation, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to take that risk and, you know, uh, being able to trust or have confidence uh, in my own skills and expertise and making sure that, you know, I am able to nail this uh, risk down or mm-hmm. mitigate it that way. Mm-hmm. I think that that would have been my biggest um, takeaway. Mm-hmm. And I see that as a part of a self-growth and learning. Yeah, because you, you come from being an employee in a space where either the work is um, naturally filtered down to you based on the company's strategy mm-hmm. and, and, and KPIs for that quarter, let's say. And then you come into an environment where you've got clients rotating on different um, time frames, yeah. projects starting, projects ending, and you're flipping in between um, all of those moving pieces. So it's a very different dynamic yeah, um, and way of working. And I think for some people, they really gelled with it and it's for them. And for some, they need the more the employee space where things are more constant um, and you kind of follow the same journey with that company mm-hmm. as you go. Um, but it is super, super interesting. And I think then on the flip side, what's been your biggest challenge in mm-hmm. the last year? Um, so, um, to talk about my biggest challenge that has been, I think I would like internalize it uh, mm. as a challenge within myself. Mm. Um, and being very blunt and open and honest here is just like, I would say it is self-doubt, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the background that I'm from or the place that I'm from, mm. um, where we are uh, dealing with clients on an international level, you know, mm. as we mentioned they might be uh, headquartered in one location, but then they have people from all these different countries which are far more developed and do have a far more better HR expertise than mm-hmm. I might have or the mm-hmm. exposure. Um, and there's also self-doubt of like, would I be able to convince these people, you know, that this is the right solution for them or mm-hmm. this is the right way to do them? Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you see um, the world as a whole, you know, like, where you're placed because of where you come from, mm. all of those, um, what do you call it, uh, a preconceived um, thought of like how it's going to be and who that is. I think fighting myself with my self-doubt that, mm. you know, regardless of where you come from or what you are, uh, you can put in your expertise to help these people. Mm-hmm. What you have been done, uh, what you have done and what you have been doing is something that these people might have zero idea on. Yeah. So, Trust in your experience, trust in the things that you've learned, mm-hmm. trust in yourself and build that confidence to portray it out. And mm-hmm. it has worked. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, I think like uh, for me being an introvert and kind of the personality that, that I have, uh, self-doubt comes in like very, very easily, even mm-hmm. with the simple things, but like fighting with myself to get those self-doubts cleared out and uh, be able to nail things that I wanted to do um, is has been there. 
um and um you know there have been times where i'll be like okay i'm gonna go and pitch this to this person mm-hmm. where i'm gonna share this idea i'm gonna say to them this is not working this is gonna this or oh, this is not gonna work this is how you need to approach it would they listen to it but when you put it in a logical way mm-hmm. and with confidence people do listen to you mm-hmm. because that's where you have spent your years learning uh, and unlearning and again relearning and doing things that makes you know makes puts that um value in your words where people would be convinced mm-hmm. yeah i just think that would be my biggest challenge it's so interesting you say that though because um you know i would say that i'm kind of an extrovert mm-hmm. um and i would say you know when I first started the business in the first year, I had a lot of self-doubt, you know, a lot of, can I do this? Um, am, am I ready for this? Um, and it really became more of a kind of imposter syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. And so many people talk about that, about, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough for this, or I, I shouldn't be at this table. Um, and I think that when you start... Um, working on projects and working with teams and seeing the value that you're giving them you start to realize no this is what I'm uh, this is what I'm meant to do I do have the expertise I do have the knowledge and then the confidence kind of comes with that Mm -hmm. so I definitely don't think you're alone in that I think there's just so many people out there where it's exactly the same yeah I do actually vent it out with some of my very close friends whenever Mm -hmm. there's like something major happening and I'll be like would I be able to do that and they're like don't think of yourself less, you know. Yes. Um, you can do it if you have seen it, you have mm-hmm. that capacity. And even if you make a mistake, if things do not work out, that's a part of the learning. Mm-hmm. So trust in yourself and go full on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, just need to, um, I think it would be a shame if I do not uh, thank them mm-hmm. out here for mm-hmm. always being there and supporting me from the back and being my support system mm-hmm. to help me figure out things and um, keep paving my way forward. Yeah. Okay. Everyone always needs a good support system. I always say that. Whether it's your friends, your partner, whoever it is, mm-hmm. um, you need to have someone that is also your cheerleader, not just you. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, and one thing I want to ask, which is the favourite thing to ask, is I need a funny story. So mm-hmm. please, can you share okay. a funny story <laughs> from the last year? Even if you have more funny stories, I'm here for it. So any funny stories you've got from the last year, please do tell. Um. Uh, in terms of funny stories, um, I would, one thing that I find really funny myself and I, I, I think about it and it's like, you know, we say English is a universal language. Everyone knows and everyone speaks about it. Mm. But when you're working with a client and they have a diverse workforce, then you hear different varieties of English in itself. And at times it's like you're not able to grasp what the other person is saying while they're finally talking in English. And I do feel like sometimes people are not able to grasp what I'm speaking in English because of the accent or because of the way I pronounce stuff. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you're in a crowd and people are speaking English. They're not Mm -hmm. using any other language, but still like you're, you're having to like guess what they're mm-hmm. actually saying then what they're actually uh what are they actually saying that or not you know so that mm-hmm. that's sometimes something that not a story but something that i really feel funny mm-hmm. and then uh normally when i go, go and talk to my friends i'd say like i'm learning multiple english languages at the moment yeah you know this understanding how people pronounce it or how they use it and uh things as such yeah um one very funny thing that happens and might have shared with you as well um as while we were working with one of the clients last year Mm -hmm. um there was this guy 
uh, as a part of the clients team mm-hmm. uh, which who was a part of the HR transformation project mm-hmm. uh, because they were really dealing with uh, other platforms that the companies were using mm-hmm. and whenever we had a, a question that we needed to ask this guy mm-hmm. we would ask that and his response would always be like that It'll always be like this it is a very good question but i don't know why are you asking me that <laughs> You might remember yeah, answering yeah, 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 that yeah. again. It's like no matter what the question is, yeah. when we ask it, that was his Standard default yeah. answer always. And then, and then after saying that, then he goes another five minutes explaining that. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you ask the question for a reason. You're not mm-hmm. asking it because like you're just, you know, for, you for just want to ask it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, even though he would give like answers and stuff, he, that would be always be the one thing, you know. Mm. After a couple of meetings, I always expected him to say those two lines yeah. before he starts diving into that answer, and that I found it very funny. I know, I know exactly who you're talking about now because I actually remember him. Just, I think sometimes when people don't know the answer to your question, it's 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 a way they can push it back without them looking like on this big group call that they don't know what you're saying. So every time he said it, it was like you're just you try not to laugh because you think I knew you were going to say that. Um, and we've got to try and find a way to ask the question again without asking it in the same way. Yeah, and if he's listening, uh, we really loved and enjoyed working with you. Yes, but that was one of like <laughs> the entertainment factors that we got to while yeah. working with with that particular client. Yeah, yeah. and it's so funny when you say about um, the language piece because um, you know. English is my mother tongue and, and I'm British um, but I find that sometimes when I work with other people whose who's English is their first language so maybe Americans, Australians when I say something um, they don't understand what I mean mm-hmm. um, and usually when you work with clients you kind of build up a rapport with them on a personal level and they're interested in what you do in the evenings what your interests are outside of, of work and things like that um, and I had um, a client that I was working with and um, I was talking to him about dinner time and what we would do at home mm-hmm. in dinner yeah. time. And, and and I come from a, a Northern English family where we describe dinner as tea. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be tea time. And that's not a pun for the podcast. <laughs> that's a true story. Um, and basically, um, I, I would say, oh, no, in, in my house, we always have tea tea at Mm. 5 30 um and this guy would looked at me really really surprised he said every night every night at 5 30 and i was like oh yeah 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 we 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 have we have ours early Mm -hmm. meaning meaning our dinner um and it wasn't until months and months later when i invited the client to come and see me at my home Mm -hmm. um with my husband and um he 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 asked for a cup of tea um, and my husband made him a cup of tea and then he said, oh, I think it's so great that you have tea at 5.30 every night. Yeah. And my husband looked at him as if to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he says, tea, as in a cup of tea at 5.30 every night. And he said, yeah, I think I think that's really traditional. And he said, no, we don't hardly drink tea that much. So I'm not sure where you heard that. Well, it all transpired that when I said I had tea at 5.30, I meant dinner. He thought I meant I had a cup, cup of, of tea, tea yeah. <laughs> every night at 5.30. And this was kind of why I couldn't have my calls with Americans and things like that, because I was drinking tea at 5.30 every night. So you can see, even when, you know, English is the first language, 
there's sometimes a hilarious yeah um, it's just like how yeah what meaning you give to that particular word and yeah. how people are culturally using that word yeah yeah totally um but yeah we're gonna have more funny stories coming mm-hmm. in future broadcasts because there's just so many and also there's so many funny stories even in just hr careers i mean all the hr listeners you will have hundreds of funny sh- stories i am sure of it um mm-hmm. because something always happens um but finally, I want to finish off by asking you, what are you looking forward to um, in the year to come? Um, I think the top of the list would always be the same, uh, creating as much impact as I can, mm-hmm. working with the clients where we are not just focused on giving the benefit to the business, but then to the employees as well, which I think we have done with our previous clients where we are not just, or our recommendations are not always only focused on generating the business, the revenue, but then also making them think about employee perspective, like how they can make their life of their employees better. Mm -hmm. And with that comes uh, working with uh, like-minded people, uh, people who do business not just focused on money, revenue, and other things like that, but also want to uh, work um, on something that creates impact. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, also think about how they can make the uh, the employee experience better, how they can better serve their employees. Um, mm-hmm. So that will be on the list. And um, the other thing that I'm looking forward to is exploring more HR tech platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they don't stop amusing me at any at point, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we really don't have time to go and research about what are the new platforms that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we normally do that when we are trying to uh, do our partnerships mm-hmm. or do new partnerships um, with different vendors or only at the time when there's a client requirement and we need to dig deep into what kind of platforms is available. But uh, the development in HR technology sector hasn't stopped to amaze me. So mm-hmm. I'm just looking forward to looking at more platforms of like um, how these creative geniuses would come out of new ideas of to make uh, the life of people better and easier. Mm-hmm. So just looking forward to those things. And um, so hopefully, uh, touch it, uh, the pandemic is towards the end of mm-hmm. it. So also looking forward on a personal level to travel a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, which I haven't uh, been able to do the past uh, two years mm-hmm. and coming to UK has mm-hmm. been the kickoff start for it. Yeah. So I'm just looking forward to do more travels. Amazing. Yeah. And definitely the HR technology sector is not slowing down. It's changing all the time. There are new platforms coming forward, mm-hmm. new technology. It's really amazing to see. Um, and I'm just looking forward to continuing to work with you over the next year mm-hmm. and support more of our clients, uh, produce more of our courses, which people can find um, via our website. Um, And also just keep having fun and have more funny stories that we Mm -hmm. can share on this podcast. Everyone is always anonymous to our funny stories. So if any of our clients are listening, don't worry, we won't say your company name and we won't say any of your employee names Mm -hmm. at all or link anything to you. Um, But yeah, thank you so much. And I hope everyone's enjoyed this first podcast and we'll look out for many more to come i hope yeah and this is our very first podcast so for anyone and everyone listening uh do send in your feedbacks or comments you know mm. as um we love to upskill ourselves and improve ourselves so your feedback is going to be very crucial mm. and you're super thrilled on this new adventure yes. another hat 
Yes, and definitely reach out to us if you've got any topics or any discussions or questions. We'd love to read out people's questions in future podcasts. And yeah, we just look forward to... Hope you enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Bye.